You're listening to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. My name's Mike and this is Baz. Say hello, Baz. Hello, Baz. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. If you enjoy this, share it with your friends. If you don't like it, share it with people you hate. Coming up on this week's show, I remember reading somewhere that says, um, watching your partner give birth is like watching your favourite pub burn down. <laughs> That's a really good analogy. We should suggest at this stage, don't go and find another pub. No, no, definitely don't. Don't go and drink in another pub just because... <laughs> The previous pub's not looking great at the minute, all right? <laughs> when you go from two kids to three, imagine a nightmare scenario where you've got three young children. All three run in opposite directions. All three run somewhere potentially hazardous. Where do you run? Your two favourite children. You've effectively got to decide which one you're not that bothered about keeping. <laughs> I don't think it's a good look as a parent, personally. If your five-year-old in the supermarket turns around and calls you a dick or or fucking arsehole or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be showing off at the swear words, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, 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 and welcome to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. This week, we have got the Mildly Controversial Podcast Guide to Parenting. Oh, fuck. (laughs) So, um, I wouldn't normally suggest that you take any advice from myself or Baz, but what we're going to do in this one is um, I remember back to when we first had kids, uh, not me and Baz, um, we haven't had, <laughs> we haven't got them yet, um, that, that's to come yet, I've not asked him yet, but um, back, I, th- I, I remember thinking back to when we had kids and all the advice we got, um, with hindsight, most of it was bollocks and completely unnecessary, so Baz and I, with our wealth of experience of being parents Um, we're going to give you, if you are expecting a kid, if you're trying for a kid, if you've just had a kid, I genuinely think you will find some of this stuff enlightening and entertaining. Um, If you've already had kids, you will relate to a lot of this as well. So hopefully it's going to be a really entertaining one. So just before we start, though, this is basically the, the, the bit where if we did advertising, there would be an advert in this slot now. Okay, Brilliant. But, but we don't do advertising. Um, and that's not because we've got anything against it, because um, we love the idea of people giving us money. Um, so it, it's not because we've got anything against it. It's because we haven't sold any advertising space in this yet because we want to build it to a good size before we do. But it did get me thinking that we have been producing quality content for two years, and we have never asked for a single penny from anybody who's listening or who's watching. And that's about to change. Not in a massive way. All we're doing is we have set up a uh, we've set up a page on buymeacoffee.com, okay? So if you go to buymeacoffee.com slash mildlypod, or if you go to the website, which is daddancer.co.uk forward slash podcast, there's a link on there as well. All we're asking is if you are entertained, if you do enjoy this, if you nip to that link and you click on there, if you donate us a fiver, we'll buy a drink with it. And you know what? On our next show, we'll tell you who bought each drink as well. So you'll get a little shout out for that. That's a cracking idea. There you go. That's it all out of the way. All I'm thinking is, like, I've been paying quite a lot of money to produce this thing, and I've never asked for a penny yet. So I thought, fuck it. I'm going to ask them. So if you want to buy us a drink, Baz or I, or both of us, um, head to that link, buymeacoffee.com slash mildlypod or daddancer.co.uk slash podcast, 
and there's a link in there that says buy us a beer. If you want us to keep producing this podcast, we'd like the, but by the way, we have no intention of stopping doing this because we fucking love it. But if you want to keep us going, um, buy us a pint. And, uh, you know, to be fair, that's all that, That's all you have to do with me. If, if you want me to do anything, just buy me a pint. If you've got any requests and you want to buy us a pint at that link, just tell us what you want me to do. I'll do it. I'll come yeah. around and I'll trim your edges. Also. That's not a euphemism, by the way. I don't know why I went there with that. <laughs> and if you are watching on YouTube, I'll continue to wear stupid outfits like this just for you. I didn't even mention that because I'm so focused on the audio podcast. But yeah, um, for those who um, for those who are listening on the audio, um, which is the majority of you, um, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to describe what you look like, Baz. And it, it, it looks a bit like a, a, a mouse. Is that it's what a it's? Bear. It's a bear. Oh, is it? They're very oh. similar, apart from in size. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, and you're only small, so it does look like a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> dig one, love it. <laughs> well, we're only a few minutes in, Buzz, and I've had to dig about the height. The age is coming soon, I just don't know when. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to take the piss out of how old you are, but it's coming, it's just not yet, all right? Right, so what are we doing then? Right then, should we get back to the topic we said yeah. we were going to do? Right, good stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the, the first thing I want to do, I want to, I want to tell people that um, if you are trying for kids or you're, uh, you're, about, you're expecting kids, um, you will get loads of people that just tell you like loads of different things that are just, just fucking ignore them. We, we, we're going to bring you some real life advice here, okay? And the first thing is, not wanting to spoil it or make you worry about anything, but um, I firmly believe that anybody who says the birth of their children was the best day of their life is a fucking liar. Oh, God, yeah, 100%. Do you know what? It, it's not even close to the best day of your life. And I'm going to go even further. I'd say it's closer to being one of the worst days of your life than it is one of the best days of your life. Even if you've struggled to have children, getting to that point, the actual physics and all of the sort of trauma that goes with it, that's just, that's just fucking shit, isn't it? Uh, d- d- just the, the actual childbirth, right? And uh, look, and 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 um, ladies, people with uteruses, um, it, it just listen. Don't shout at me now for what I'm about to say now, but it's fucking traumatic, right? And I know I'm not trying to push something the size of a melon out or something the size out of a out of a gap the size of a lemon, as I've yeah. heard it described before. Uh, I know that physically it isn't my pain. Um, but it is the most traumatic experience I've been through, and I've been through it three times. Um, I personally panicked from the moment I heard my wife was pregnant to the moment my child was born. I that's worried. That's, that's fair. I worried the whole time, right? Worried from, I was going to say from conception to, but I, there wasn't too much worrying going on at conception. <laughs> Well, you didn't know, did you? <laughs> well, there was, there was some panic, but that wasn't related to having children. Um, but yeah, it was, I just worried the whole time. And then the whole, um, from a father's point of view, the whole childbirth thing is just, you're seeing somebody you love more than life itself go through more pain than you would ever imagine on your um, on your, your worst enemy. And, it, and yeah. it's heartbreaking because you can't, if you could take the pain away from them, you'd, well, I'd probably take about quarter of it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not <laughs> so taking generous. it all. I'm not stupid. Um, but no, you you, you do you, you you are in a position where you feel completely helpless. Um, and anyway, so 
that's the first one. So hopefully, if you are expecting a kid, um, if you're uh, uh, if you're about to give birth yourself, sorry, um, I've probably just uh, worried you about it. But um, what I will say is that that particular day is horrendous because. You know, um, I didn't sleep because it was like, you know, it was an overnight thing. So you, I lost a night of sleep. I saw my wife in, I saw imagery of my wife I never want to see again. Um, I worried that things were going to go wrong because that's just the type of kind of mind, the way my mind works. Um, it was just horrible. It was, it was horrible, horrible, horrible. But, Having kids is brilliant, okay? Having kids is one of the best things you can ever do, all right? I'm not one of these people who's just so obsessed with kids yeah. that that's all they talk about and we'll come I've on seen, to them I've later. seen your content online and you're clearly not. Yeah, we'll come on to them later. <laughs> but it's, um, but, but no, having kids is brilliant. Um, every day gets better and better and better, right? So by definition, the first day is the shittest, all right? You so, you know, if you're going through it, um, maybe you're listening to our. <laughs> imagine if somebody's listening to our podcast now while they're in labour. <laughs> it does get better. I promise. Yeah, yeah. All right? yeah. It does get better. Today's going to be shit, and then not going to lie, you're going to have a few shit weeks where you don't sleep uh, and you feel like death. But it does get better. I promise you, men. If you're listening to this and you're in this position right now and you're at the business end, it doesn't stay with you forever. Trust me, because you will go there again. I remember reading somewhere that says um, watching your partner give birth is like watching your favourite pub burn down. <laughs> That's a really good analogy. <laughs> it is a very good analogy. <laughs> but to continue with the analogy, um, if your favourite pub does burn down and they rebuild it um, and it's and it's as good as it was before, you'll still go in, won't you? So. Yeah. And also, the, uh, we should suggest at this stage, don't go and find another pub. No, no, definitely don't. You know, whilst your pub's burnt down, right, whilst your favourite pub's burnt down, don't go and drink in another pub just because <laughs> the previous pub's not looking great at the minute, all right? So I think we've come full circle and we've finished that analogy now, all right? Beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've told you that that first day is horrendous. I'm going to come out with a confession here. Oh. I don't think, uh, and 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 this is kind of um, so. Yeah, like I said, the first the first bit is difficult, and um, the first few weeks is difficult because you lose sleep and all that. And I found it. I don't know what's wrong with me, right? And it is a, it is definitely on me this. But because young, I don't like young babies. Yeah, I'm the same. Because because they just don't do anything. Do you know what I mean? And as a father. That, that it's not the job of the child to entertain me and give me <laughs> stuff back, right? But I'm not going to lie. It's much better once they get to about eight months and you get giggles, you get laughs, you can teach them stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can mess with their heads, that kind of stuff. That's when it gets good. So I'm only being honest when I say this, right? And this is genuine truth. I don't think I genuinely loved my children until they were about six months old. Yeah, it's because they weren't they didn't have any personality I, after a certain stage. Did I they? endured them. Yeah. <laughs> I was grateful for them. I was God, I was grateful for them. Um 
but I just didn't build a strong connection until they were about six months old. And then you get like the cute things they do and they kind of, they kind of, you know, they're messing about you can do and all that. And, um, and, and there's a thing that there's a stage you will go through. Here's another tip for uh, people who are um, either have got very young kids or uh, are expecting. You go through a stage where you think that stuff in three years' time you'll think is horrendous and you'll bollock the kid for, you think is really cute, right? Because I remember when Molly was about six months old, right? She'd only just started eating soft food and maybe not six months now i've got no idea of time scales with kids by the way so yeah let's pretend like, that let's pretend six nine months, months is, right. is it nine months when they start eating proper food i, I think if it's Past not fucking neither of us not. <laughs> we, we, we've mate we've teed this up like we're fucking experts about parenting and we can't even remember what age kids start to eat well i think nine months sounds about right something like that anyway yeah. anyway so my middle child um my beautiful daughter was uh, I, the way i said that sounded like the other one's not beautiful i didn't mean that i they're both beautiful I'm can saying, we miss your daughter, children's names <laughs> my middle your children? yeah can my middle you? daughter molly is yeah. beautiful yeah and charlie is also beautiful he's my <laughs> eldest but um, yes, but um, this was Molly, right? She's about nine months old, and she's eating a yogurt. And we turned around, just chatting and stuff, and, and turned back round. And she literally—it looked like she'd submerged her head in it. She couldn't have done because it was only in a pot. Do you know what I mean? But it was literally—you could you, like she was blinking through the yogurt. She'd put it all over her face and her head. And we were like, "Oh, how funny is that? Cute, you know, like getting the photos, again, getting the cameras out, filming it. Still got video of it now. And it's just like, oh, look at this! How cute is that? Oh, your kid does that at three. Watch how fucking mad you get about it. <laughs> what the fuck have you done? Why? Why is it? Oh, it's in your hair. Why have you done that, you idiot? Get upstairs and in the bath. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, be be prepared to have a proper mood flip between someone that's cute when they're of a certain age, maybe nine months. Um, but then once they get to like two, three, or then all, all that stops and that stops being cute. And just It just becomes being a pain in the ass that you got tidy up after. I genuinely think this will resonate with a lot of people. And and one of the things that we uh, we are good at on this pro on the, on our podcast is the fact we're dead honest. We don't sort of do the oh this is what people want to hear. So yeah, I, I genuinely genuinely believe that across the across the globe there'll be many many parents going yeah I completely fucking agree with that. Absolutely, yeah. If you're in the states, it might be peanut butter or something, but still, <laughs> yes. Quick shout out to the people in the States because, um, you know, year to date, so for the month of January, we've got more more listeners in the USA than we have in the UK. Hi, all. It's been a... <laughs> Please don't leave us because Bass has got a terrible, uh, terrible US accent, by the way. Uh, but anyway, hello. Thank you for being here. Um, you're very welcome. Um, we very much appreciate you being here. But yes, we've... Um, We've got uh, it, it's pretty much it pretty much bang equal between um, USA listeners and UK listeners with people from around the globe, so Australia, New Zealand, and lots and lots of other countries. I'd be quite interested to hear after this um, podcast whether parenting 
like advice is different in other countries because obviously we're, we're relating it to ourselves in the UK. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that there will be some different sort of advice which we're not aware of for American sort of parents and Australian parents and Filipino parents. I'm pretty sure that it will differ. What's your next bit of advice? Then? Okay, so uh, my next piece of advice um, for people who are considering having children um, is think long and hard about it. And like I said, I do love my kids, um, but I did just today read an article that says the average cost um, to bring up a child from birth to 18 years is £206,000. So it's about a quarter of a million dollars for our state people yeah. in the States. Yeah, yeah. If you're thinking of having three kids, that's three quarters of a million dollars, hmm. right? Or 600,000 pounds. Okay. So I'm just thinking, I'm not saying you shouldn't have kids. Having kids is brilliant. Okay. I love my kids. I love the time I spend with my kids. Um, and I love everything about them. And I love who they are. But I could have had three houses. Or one big fuck off. Or one massive one. Oh, well, to be up here, I could have had hundreds of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, just think about that. You know, when you are thinking of that, and and, and you know, it's an, it's something to think about as well. If you've had one or two kids, um, it's something to think about when you just think, should we have another kid? If you're saying like, uh, shall we have another kid? I would advise you to add to the end of that sentence, shall we have another kid? Or another house. Yeah, so I'm aware of, of certain religions, and I won't mention which ones they are, but there's a lots of um, kind of religions that don't believe in contraception. So they end up having loads and loads of children, you know, like families of 10. That mm. cost must be fucking absolutely astronomical. I don't know how people do that. I think, well, I mean, I've got, uh, I've got, um, I've got an example of that right across the road from us because, uh, as people probably know, I live in Ireland um, and um the family sizes in ireland uh, with them being catholic um are traditionally larger than the yeah. uh, church of england or whatever yeah, yeah. um, um and, and other religions uh, but it the the lady across from us has in the last 6 months i think given birth to her seventh child wow um which i personally think is fucking insane but um but she's. Uh, but the thing is, right? And, and this is where it's. And like, we'll we'll talk about multiple births now, or, or multiple children now. Um, so I've got a few things to say on that. But um, she's got seven, but they range in age from like nineteen down to three months or six months or whatever. Um, so the older kids can look after the younger kids. So. Once you get to having loads of them, and you've got some that are older, they kind of look after themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah? <laughs> but when you've got one, you can look after them. When you've got two, assuming you're in a a partnership and there's there's two parents cohabiting, then you've got you know you can you can you can look after them easy enough. And this is a piece of advice my brother told me. He said, don't have three kids. He's got two kids. And the reason he stopped at two is he said, if you go from two to three, you go from man-to-man marking to zonal. <laughs> and zonal defense doesn't ever work. It's always a disaster. So, and I mean, he obviously used a football or soccer analogy um, on that one. But, but here's a kind of a, listen, this is what happens when you go from two 
to three children. What I'm suggesting is having three or four is is kind of where the problems lie. If you're daft enough to want five, six, or seven or more, they'll kind of the older kids will look after, and they, I can see there's a benefit um, in that. But going from two to three is the tipping point for me because, like I say, you go from man to man market to zonal, which is which never works and is always more complicated nobody knows their role nobody knows who they're marking right it, it gets complicated but also here's something to think about when you go from two kids to three imagine a nightmare scenario where you've got three young children all three run in opposite directions all three run somewhere potentially hazardous and there's two parents yeah where do you run your two favourite children. And do you know what, Buzz? It comes down to that. You're going to have to pick. I was going to say, actually, you're going to have to pick your two favourites. But when there's three, it doesn't work like that, does it? You've effectively got to decide which one you're not that bothered about keeping. <laughs> That's true. Do you know what I mean? Because the other two might not even be your favourites. You're just like, you've got to make a snap decision. The three have run off, potentially dangerous, and you've gone, shit, there's only two of us. Uh, you've got to make a snap decision. You've got to decide immediately which one of them are not that bothered if they don't come back. Or, or the option is you realise you, you should know at this stage which is the slowest one. You go after them first, then chase after the other one. <laughs> See, because they're not old enough to gather each other around where if you've got loads, do you know what I mean? But you know, I'm, I'm, I can't remember what the name of it was, but I remember seeing a documentary about um, a family that had a lot of children. Um, and they were, um, they were going on a, a trip at Christmas um, and unfortunately, one of them, uh, they miscounted as they got into the minibus on the way to the airport, and one of them got left at home yeah. without any parental supervision. It was quite a harrowing story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it, uh, yeah, it was Home Alone, sorry. <laughs> it, took me a while to, it took me a while to get there, by the way. <laughs> I can see the cogs turning in your head, Bass. <laughs> you can hear them. <laughs> Right, so yeah, that that's what I'm saying is that if you go from two to three, then that 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 brings in uh, that brings in problems, um, and also on a practical level, um, one of Emma's sisters has got three kids, and she said that going from two to three means that when you go on holiday, if you go from two kids to three, you've got to book two hotel rooms. Yeah, there you go. And normally adjoining hotel rooms, and they go, so you've just doubled the price of your hotel. So I'm not saying you shouldn't have three kids. I'm just this is this is life advice from a couple of old farts who are saying just think on, just think, right? If you've got two kids and you love those two kids to bits, do you want to go to three, potentially have to decide which one to lose, double the price of your holiday, find life more complicated because there's two of you trying to look after three, or do you want two kids in a house? <laughs> just saying. Um, I've also, Baz, I've, <laughs> I've also just realised that I'm the third of three. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've, it's not like I've just realised it. Um, I've known that for 48 years. It's just dawned on you, isn't it? It's just dawned on me that I'm telling people to think really hard about having a third child, uh, and I am the third child, so... 
as a father that only had one child, I never had to make these decisions. But I, I can see, I can hear what you're saying. So if you get to three, you may as well just sort of push on and have another two and get five. That way, it yeah. justifies having a, another hotel room, and you've got the oldest one who can look after at least two of those. There you go. I think that, that I think um, I think we'll um, I think we'll adopt that as the official mildly controversial podcast advice that if yeah. you are going to go beyond two kids if you if you're stupid enough to go beyond two kids be really fucking stupid and have tons of them because at least they can look after each other once they get a bit older well i think there's also something to consider is like the hand-me-down kind of scenario whereas yeah if you, so i was the middle child of three um i was the only boy so I had an older sister and a younger sister and obviously, I wasn't subject to the hand-me-downs. Well, I mean, if you look at me now, maybe I was. I was going to say, Buzz, it, that, that it might explain a lot. Not in a bad way. I think your um, sartorial elegance is phenomenal. It's the skirt um, use, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah well, you, you're quite often wearing kilts. It could explain it. But, but, but the other thing, there was quite a big gap between my older sister and my younger sister. There was no chance of my younger sister ever wearing my older sister's clothes because there was like something like almost sort of ten years between them. So I can't imagine my younger sister ever wanting to wear my older sister's clothes. Um, when you say you, you can't imagine her ever wanting to, um, as the third of three, um, that doesn't come into it, Buzz, <laughs> because my uh, eldest brother is six years older than me. Yeah, and I definitely got all the shit that he used to wear. This was in the seventies when nobody wasted any money, which isn't a bad thing, you know. You know, it was a much less wasteful, uh, you know, era to live in, which is people are trying to get back to it. But as, as a young child, you know, as a six-year-old, when you're uh, when you're being forced to wear stuff that looks old and smells old because it's been in a bin bag in the loft for six years, I, I remember wearing lots of hand-me-down clothes. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think if I have a bunch of kids, then obviously you just buy one set of clothes and pass it down the line. That's not that's not a bad shout. Um, the other, so it's not really advice. It's something I did when I when I had a young child, and uh, when I was left with her and she was teething, I used wine as a numbing agent. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that other people have used like spirits and stuff, but I was actually putting wine in her bottle. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it, I, I do have a story related to that um, that will that will make you feel not as bad because my dad did the same thing with my uh, the brother of mine who's five years older, uh, Chris. Um, the story goes that this is in the 70s, so he would have been a baby in – he was born in 69, so he would have been – this is very early 70s. Yeah. Um, uh, my mum had been struggling with Chris. He'd been crying a lot as a very young baby and wouldn't settle. Uh, and my dad just went, look, you go upstairs, I'll settle him. You go upstairs, get some sleep, I'll settle him. Um, apparently, half an hour later, um, my dad goes up into bed and you know, gets into bed. And my mum goes, oh, that's brilliant. You're getting settled. Went, yeah, yeah, no problem. So, How did you manage it? He said, I just put a little bit of shot in of whiskey in his milk. <laughs> my mum, my mum shits herself, bolts out of bed, picks my brother up and and fills his baby's bottle with salt water <laughs> to try and make him be sick. So she's feeding him salt water to make him throw up this, uh, this whiskey. And in the end, apparently, he just drank the whole bottle of salt water 
burped and just like smiled at me from pissed. He was like, I'm, just, I'm not throwing up. I was lovely. <laughs> you, you, you won't find this advice in any books, by the way. That is definitely, definitely not our official advice. But um, <laughs> back in the day, that was kind of uh, an acceptable way to treat your children. Well, it, it sort of moves on to this other thing, which is um, do you let your babies cry themselves to sleep or do you go in and constantly sort of like soothe them? Because there's two schools of thoughts. Mm. There's, there's one where you just leave them and eventually they'll go to sleep. I always found that that wasn't the case. They would just keep fucking, or Brian would just keep crying for hours. <laughs> and you go, and, and the, the, you've got the whole thing with the, the two parents kind of going, oh, no, no, let's leave it a bit longer. And then it's five hours later and you're like, surely we're going to sort of interject at this point and go in and do a bit of soothing. See, I, see, I was always the one that would be like, even after five hours, like, if we go in now, she's one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, she'll be lying there going, wah, wah, wah. You walk in, she go, I knew I'd I've won. <laughs> I, I knew you'd come in. It's, to be fair, it took a lot longer than I thought, but I knew you'd come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was never good at that. I was never good at a, a united front between me and the missus because the missus would always want to cave before me and I'd be like, no, we yeah, must yeah. not do this. And you know what? The poor, poor girl was probably eight months old uh, you know, and I, and in, in my uh, new dad head, this eight month old had, had, you know, concocted this really elaborate scheme <laughs> to get attention as opposed to just being, I'm a baby. I need comforting. <laughs> I was like, no, she knows. She knows that if she carries on, she's good. She's don't, if you give in on this, then you'll give in on everything. She'll have won, and she'll know, and she'll have us by the you know. She'll have us under her thumb, right? So I've got a question for you, Mike. Mm. So, as a father of two, and, and what's the difference between Molly and father of the three? Oh yeah, no, I'm talking about the the the, the two that were sort of like. Oh yeah, yeah that were then yeah. So what, what's the difference between Molly and Shay? Um, one's got a penis, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> and one doesn't. That's, um, the, that's a controversial do, opinion. <laughs> do, do, do you want me to be more specific? Uh, I, I, meant uh, in, I meant in age, sorry. Oh, in age, sorry, in age. Um, I genuinely didn't understand that you meant the, the, the difference in age. Um, Molly is, Shay's just turned 13, Molly turns 16 in June, so two and a half years. So in, in the three years between them, Hmm. Did you did you change did you change your tact or did you change anything when she, when Shay came around uh, with your experience like with Molly did did you go from being she's not going to win to and particularly because Shay's a boy did you have a hmm. sort of difference of the way you treated Shay I don't think so I yeah, think yeah. Um, I think I think with our our second I call it our second like I've got three yeah. kids and they're all of them are a first something okay yeah so Charlie who's now twenty five was my first yeah. Molly, who's who's uh, fifteen, is our first. Yeah, and uh, Shay is the first boy. So yeah, all, yeah. they've all got a little first thing, and that's why I was like, I don't want any more anyway because we've run out of firsts. <laughs> um, I think with Shay, um, I knew we we knew we knew more what we were doing because, um, like I say, I had uh, I had uh, Charlie when I was twenty three. Um, and we yeah, had... you don't fuck all of those days, don't you? No, I mean, I just, I was still a fucking child myself. <laughs> I definitely wasn't uh, father material at 23. 
Um, and then when it came around again, <clears throat> I think it, because obviously it was with a different uh, different mother, the um, the fact I don't remember anything from first time around, I think was probably a benefit because I wasn't like, because can you imagine if I'd have been like, oh no, you don't do it like that. You do yeah. like, can you imagine what a twat of a dad I would have been? You'd have hated of, yourself. <laughs> imagine what a twat of a husband I would have been if I'd have turned around to the mother of my children and said, oh no, we didn't do it like that last time. That's not the best way to do that. But people, if you are expecting kids, that is what your parents and your siblings will do. They'll come in and they'll go, ooh, you don't do it like that. Ignore them. Right? As long as you keep your children alive and happy, well-fed, well-cared for, warm at night and happy, do what you want. Because do you know what? There's, there's too much... There's too much, do it like this, don't do it like that. And and parents just fucking stress about everything. And do you know what? It When you look back on it, you just think, it really didn't matter that much, did it? The truth about it is, like, people have been having babies for, well, let's, let's be honest, hundreds of thousands of years, or, like, going back even further than that. And most of those children, as we know by the number of people that are alive today, survived. Like, you know well, I mean? you say that, Baz, but back well, in the yeah. day, yeah. back in the day, it was like fucking seahorses. You had to have about fifteen for one to survive. I know. I wasn't going that far back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not back to my day, obviously. <laughs> but so, so here, here's a weird thing. So you were the youngest child of three. Yeah. You didn't have the benefit that I had. I had of being the middle child, where I experienced a baby in my life as as a child. Mm. So I learned some things that you wouldn't have done. Because I, I learned how to hold a baby when I was still a child. And, mm. yeah, and I think with some, of the, <clears throat> some of the most important advice you get given is, oh, watch their head because it's wobbly. So mm. it's one of the things I remember being as a new dad was like, oh, obviously, you know, and it, it, let's face it, it's commonplace. It's not, it's not a secret. It's common knowledge it, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the point is, like, I always remember that as like being a dad, as that being the most important thing with a newborn baby. So that, yeah. that kind of went with me. Well, when I first held my firstborn, um, Charlie, like I say, I was 23. I was really inexperienced. And I went to pick her up and somebody said, uh, make sure you hold her by the head. Um, so I did. And then they went, not just by the head. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, that's, funny. Not true. that's not true. That's just a silly joke I just made up. Thank you very much. I don't know, but you say it's not true, but there there would be literally somebody in the world, because yeah, there's millions of people, that would have taken that advice literally. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, no, that didn't really happen. One of the, my overriding memories of, of uh, being a father, uh, of one of the th- things I remember most, was that point in my child's growth of them not requiring nappies anymore. Because um, at that point, I remember that became so much of a sort of financial freedom that we didn't have to go buy, you know, because nappies, we used uh, disposable ones. Mm. At that point, when we stopped doing that. You bastard. Do you not care about the planet? I I was younger and it was before anybody gave a shit about it. Before Greta Thunberg, anyway. So it was. I, I, I care about the planet, but I'm not washing stuff that's been shat in every day. Yeah, but weirdly, uh, <laughs> you and I were probably at that period where our parents used like washable nappies. I can't yeah. imagine what life would have been like because I know I, I remember like with my younger sister nappy line, you know, nappy liners, mm. which was stuff that you put inside a toweling nappy. But I always remember this great big bag of fucking soiled towels that was just full of baby poo. 
I mean, that's uh, fucking yeah. disgusting. Right? Uh, 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 I mean, I mean, I was the youngest, so there was none behind me, and I remember walking past a bucket where the ammonia took the layer off the front of my eyes. Do you know what I mean? It's not a good thing. Fuck it. It's just you know, not disposable nappies are the way forward. But interesting what you said there about um, that moment where you no longer have to pay for nappies. Yeah, it's just like Jesus. I've got all this money. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know I was missing because yeah, I've got yeah. this. And there's another stage beyond that, Baz. Which is just like when you're—I know you only had one—but when your last kid learns to wipe their own ass, <laughs> yeah, it's is one of the. So, so you know, you know what people people say, people say that the day your child is born is the best day of your life. <laughs> no, 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 no. The best day of your life is when your youngest learns to wipe their own ass, and you don't have to do it anymore. I do this quite often, but I can do it again. It's mate. Yeah, you're it, quite right. You're quite it, right. It's absolutely. It's it's like freedom. It's like it's like a little. T- I haven't got there yet, but it's like a little taster of the feeling it must be when your kids leave home and you got your life back. It must be the same. Like it's a little bit of a taster of what that's going to be like. I think. I've got another question for you. Yeah. As a, as a dad of one and parents of one, um, we reached a point where we stopped swearing in front of our child. When her when her ability to pick up words picked up the word fuck, you had that for much longer because you had you, you obviously had two living in the same house with you with Emma. Your 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 swearing, like what do I, the the point where you don't swear anymore must have sort of like carried on for much longer. Well, we um, I I think that we didn't swear around her right from birth. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. we were just like, we were quite, I, I don't think it was a conscious thing. I think it was just a, it's going to be easier if we just get, kind of get used to this instead yeah. of having a, we can swear up until the moment where the child's first word is bollocks. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we've probably made a mistake there. Um, so we just decided not to not to swear in front of her, like pretty much from birth. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have like a cutoff on that, but we have like, like I say, now they're 13 and and 15. We've had the cut off at the other end where it's like, I don't even filter my swearing in front of the kids anymore. I know that they both know. I know they go to high school. I know yeah. they probably know more swear words than I do. Right? Yeah. They know that if they use them in front of me, I'm going to bollock them. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that I sometimes use swear words or curse words um, in front of my kids is completely irrelevant because we all kind of, we've never mentioned it. But we all understand the the relationship in that if either of my kids swore in front of me, I bollock them. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it's kind of like I can't exactly pretend I don't swear. Yeah. When my youngest son listens to all the podcasts. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been the tipping point a couple of years ago when he started listening to the podcast. I'm just like, I can't really deny that I swear, can I? So yeah, swearing's a really good one because like um I genuinely believe, and, and I was one of these people. I understood what swear words were when I was quite young, and it's particularly mm. in my te- early te- in my early teens. But I would never swear around my parents, and I'd swear yeah. I swear in the street, and I'd get told off by people that weren't my parents for swearing in the street, which always did. A policeman give you a clip round the ear back in those days, Buzz? Genuinely, yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I got to, I got taken home by a policeman to my mum, who, uh, and I'm one of those kids that grew up. 
where if you got taken home by a policeman to your mum, that policeman was your best friend and, until he left. And then your mum took over and she was fucking 20 times worse than that policeman. <laughs> I just imagine when you were a young child, this uh, this policeman in a top hat with a cane took you home to your mother and say, uh, say Mrs. Wright, I need to report that your son has been heard saying the word vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody. <laughs> you know, it's, it, but it's true though. It's, but it's one of those things. I think children know where not to swear and and you know and mostly you know and it's one of those things i think even you were today if you saw if you saw some 12 year old kids swearing in the street you may say something because it's it's that kind of self-policing thing that adults do with other people's children yeah i I, if i heard a 12 year old swearing in the street i probably wouldn't um say anything but i would do the very british thing of disapproving loudly yes and And tut so hard, I'd probably like I'd pull a muscle in my neck or something like that. I think it's a really important point as well because, like, yeah, you know, there are lots of people that say, "Oh, I don't swear around my children," but there are a lot of people that do swear around their children, and I don't think the end product is any different. If I'm being genuinely honest, yeah, I don't know. Look, I I don't think it's a good look as a parent. Look, I'm not judging anyone. I'm yeah. just saying my a personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a good look as a parent, personally, if your five-year-old in the supermarket turns around and calls you a dick yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, or fucking arsehole or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at me showing off at the swear words, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no more. I do. I'm not going to say them, though. Not just yet. You, you'll hear yep. some bleeping on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear more swear words, you need to go to buymeacoffee.com slash mildly pod and buy me a pint. There you go. The, the more pints you have, the more sweary I get. Oh, we should do that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just don't think it's great, to be honest, um, kids swearing. And and do you know what? But do you know what? I remember, um, I remember we, uh, when was it? It was, ooh, November 21, it would have been. When we were uh, recording a TV show with Mr. Richard Hammond, I was about um, to bring up the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He said that he doesn't stop his kids swearing; he praises them for using them in context. Yes, just like with any other word of the language. So if if they use them in context, he he he's like, yeah, that's okay because it's the English language, and you are using them in context. So. His example, like we were chatting about this, and I was like, mm, "Not sure about that." And he was like, "Look, you know, if you know, if if they're if they're writing and the pencil that snaps, and they go for fuck's sake at the top of the voice, I'll be like, mm, that's maybe not right.' Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, you know, if they drop something on the foot and say shit, he's not gonna call them out on it either. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was really quite of a. I mean, he said he, he mentioned that um, he'd been called into the school um because one of his kids swore at school he got called in he was like yeah they swear at home what's your problem yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> well it's, it's a really good point because like, genuinely one of my daughter's first words was fuck <laughs> honestly <laughs> it, 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 uh, so, so, sorry Baz. i've just realized that, that that we've done this episode on the premise of giving people parenting advice and you're now telling me that one of your daughter's first words was fuck but but on the on the back of that we we realized at that point we kind of went right we need to now 
like rein it in because that's what I said to you earlier about like mm. at what point at what do point you, do you stop? Yeah, yeah, uh, that was our point. And and to be fair, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you've answered your own question there. At what point do you stop swearing in front of the kids when their first word is fuck? Is a is a great example. But, but the point was uh, with that is once we stopped it, it stopped being like a word that she used. And even like as a thirty two year old now, she doesn't swear in front of me very often. Mm. Um, I didn't swear in front of my mum ever. Yeah, no, no, it's not true. When you know, much later on, I did. But but in front of my dad, I swear like he does. So we, yeah, we, we, yeah. At what point do you think, in your own mind, would it be okay for your kids to swear in front of you? I don't know because I'm the same, boss. I'm 48 years old and I don't swear in front of my mum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the odd, the odd shit might. I really said the odd shit might slip out, but that's, that's yeah, that's a bit. That, that's just like look, she, she, look, she, she grew up with me. It's, I grew up living with her and going on heavy nights out. That's happened plenty of times. Right? We'll save that for the incontinence episode. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Um, no, I just, I mean, I'm less, um, I'm less active in stopping myself swearing in front of my mum than I used to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I still don't swear in front of my... But, and, and, and that's... Do you know what? That's not because... I don't think that's because of a mother-son thing. I just think my mum doesn't swear. And it's the same as, like, you know, if I'm in an environment where people don't swear or don't curse, I probably would do so less. And, and do you know what? I, th- I think it's a really interesting point, is that it's... Um, it is definitely something you can control. Because if you look at professional football, right? Professional footballers swear on the pitch and they get away with it unless it's directed directly at the referee. On a rugby pitch, if you swear at all, you can get um, whatever punishment it is. I don't know what yeah, rugby yeah, is. I yeah. don't know rugby, but apparently you can get whatever punishment just for swearing. And the, and the, and the, argument is, uh, the argument is, oh, well, you know, football, it's the passion, it comes out and all that. And the, the, the people say that with... Because um, you look at how out of control like um, football managers are at some points, they lose their shit. Yeah, yeah. And they will be going nuts. They're going like veins popping out of their head, screaming in anger over something that's happening in the game. Yeah, yeah. And people are saying, yeah, but it's a passion. It's and kind of football's worth a lot. Well, I used to work for a company that was worth like $15 billion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I would be in board meetings when the shit was hitting the fan. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, really serious things were happening and people's jobs were on the line. Not one person swore in any of those meetings. Yeah, yeah. They kept control. It is something you can keep an eye on. And like you said, it's something when you've got kids that you make a conscious decision to do. And when you've made that conscious decision not to swear in front of the kids, you don't. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's doable. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of weird though. That like, so I, I when I first got onto TikTok, I followed a channel on there where the mother of three children swore quite a lot, and a lot of the comments in her videos were like, "Oh, you're such a bad parent. You know, you swear in front of your children." Hmm. And then she'd quite often say to her children, you know, in videos, "Do you swear?" And they'd all go, "No, we don't." They understand that swearing is an adult concept. And I think you can, I think kids understand, you know, and parents do go, look, swearing is a, a grown up thing. You could do it when you're a grown up. And I think most kids understand that. They do. But if you don't swear in front of your kids and you don't, you'll get at least 10 years out of them where they don't really know swear words. So they can't slip yeah, into yeah. conversation yeah, yeah. at awkward points. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I mean, the last thing you want is, you know, at the buddy. 
I don't know, at the uh, at, at, at a family wedding, and they're like, you know, like the flower girl who six walks in, drops the flowers, and says, "Oh shit!" No, they because those would be the occasions where it does slip out where it's not expected, and yeah, it's definitely not an occasion where it would be acceptable. I don't. Yeah, think. but these days that's a viral video, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What other advice have you got for for parents? Like, well, new, but let's let's stick with new parents. What else would you give as advice? Okay, well, uh, here's one. You know, the whole thing of like, like, what's your kid's bedtime, and you know, or is this normal? And not just stress less when you're bringing up your kid is a better thing to do. And I don't know how I've done it, but I've, I've literally just stumbled upon some actual advice now. So listen carefully. Well, if you, if, if you if you stress less bringing up your kid, your kid is going to be happier. Right? And if that means you don't worry about what bedtime, I'm not saying like keep your four-year-old up till you know three in the morning or whatever but but if if you if you give a bit more leeway and and i was quite a strict parent so this is literally with the benefit of hindsight if you stress a lot less about the things that don't matter when you're bringing your kid up your kid's going to be way more way happier growing up and way more balanced when they do grow up yeah well see that kind of varies a little bit for for kids that are brought up in dual parenting families where you know they've got separated parents because mm. there's there's definitely a point not in everybody but in some people where there's a kind of one-upmanship or there's a kind of allowable thing where you curry favor by allowing your child children as a sort of like a, as a single parent to do stuff that the other parent doesn't do that's yeah, got be, uh, that's got to be fucking way confused more confusing than having two parents together right Oh, don't know. Like, in spite of what I just said, if you are, you know, if the parents aren't together, um, you be the good one. Let them do what the fuck they want. <laughs> you be the good guy. Well, <laughs> Un- undo all the other parents' hard work of getting them into a routine. You be the good guy. Give them McDonald's fries at eleven o'clock at night. Um, let them go to sleep whenever they want. Let them watch. Uh, let them watch whatever's on TV. Don't worry about it. Well, it kind of brings up that 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 thing. This is it's a kind of serious point, but people that have a, a like a good you know, like a network or a support group mm. in their sort of bringing up children. So, parents that have like mothers, sorry, parents that are, parents that have parents that are willing to look after their children mm. probably have it much easier than parent, parents that don't have that support network. So, yeah, which you know, which does include like getting a babysitter then. So. Like with uh, with my with Bryony, um, we had a lot of support from my ex from her mother's mother. Yeah. So we would we'd have like so even when we went on holiday for the first time, we took her mother's mother with us so that she could look after the child when we went out and got pissed at night, which is lovely. That some people, is incredible advice, Baz. Yeah, but also but there are some people that don't have that. So there's got to be a massive difference between how you bring up children when you don't have that support network. So, you know, say you've moved to another town and mm. your parents or you know, parents are in, like miles away. That's probably the point at which you then have to do that whole trust thing about you know, babysitters and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, look, that is a really valid point, Buzz, but I'm going to come back to the very good point that you said about if you want to get pissed on holiday, you've got to take someone to look after the kids. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, here's a very important point that people who haven't had kids yet or have got very young kids, um, you probably won't enjoy your holidays for years <laughs> because you'll you'll be woken up way earlier than you wanted to. 
traditional holiday destinations are the, the potentially most hazardous places because a lot of foreign countries don't have health and safety rules as good as we do. <laughs> yeah, true. There's marble floors, marble stairs. There's there's a pool for them to fall into. If you're the type of parent who worries about everything, you will be on pins all day. You will be like on high alert the whole day. Okay, so if you take the mother-in-law with you to take over in the evening and you can go and relax and have a few drinks. I think that sounds a, a brilliant thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, uh, as long as, uh, as long as the, the mother-in-law knows she's got to stay the fuck out of the way for the entire day until she comes and takes the kids and, and, uh, and, and looks after them while you go out. <laughs> as long as that's the, the, the arrangement, I think that's a great idea. Which moves us swiftly along to um, kids clubs and kids entertainment on holiday. <laughs> we briefly mentioned this before, haven't we, Baz? Well, that, yes. <laughs> that it's just, you know, if you haven't heard that episode, um, Go kid, ki- ki- kids entertainment on holiday is just like, you know, uh, the, 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 the point that I made uh, previously is that uh, when they try and get you up, and you know, entertaining, you know, when they they have a disco or whatever, and they go, "Come on, kids, grab your parents." It, you know, very early on in your children's lives, let them know that if anybody says, "Come and get, come on, kids, get your parents," it's as important for them to say no to that as it is to say no to strangers, <laughs> right? Because a parent sitting down having a few beers at the end of the day, having worried all day has now got a children's entertainer to take over the responsibility of looking after the kid and they want a few beers. Well, the irony is that your social media account is called Dad Dancer. So this would have been, <laughs> this would have been perfect for you when you were on holiday, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I've confused lots of people with my uh, my social media being called Dad Dancer because they expect me to be uh, a, a, a dancing dad. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, no. I'm a dad. Um, and I call myself Dad Dancer because I've I, I I dance like a dad, and I have done since way before I was a father. <laughs> so I've got I've got a question for you, and obviously people that have never seen that particular video, um, have you ever done the worm with your kids? Yes, brilliant. <laughs> yes, I have, and I remember a time when it was um, it was Emma and I had a tenth anniversary party um, at a local hotel. Um, and my eldest daughter was 17, I think. Um, and it, we got to that stage of the night, you know, where the dance floors ended up as a circle and there's people that, and then one person will go in, do a little bit of a dance. Everyone's a bit pissed. And like one person will go in, do a little bit of a dance and come back out of the circle. And another person will go in and do a little bit of a dance in the circle and come out. And then I just thought, I just thought, like, this might embarrass her, but fuck it, I'm going to give it a go. So I just, like, I was stood on the edge of the circle. I just dropped down face first and then did the worm across the circle and then stood up. (laughs) And I turned around and looked at Charlie, and she loved it. (laughs) She she was just like, yes, Dad! I was like, there we go. It was a high-risk strategy, but it paid off. Right, let's go back to some more advice. Um... I've always given the same advice we spoke about, about at the beginning of this episode of saying, do you know what? Like, don't listen to the advice. Like, 
people have been having kids for thousands of years and they've managed to do it without anybody else giving them instruction books and videos and stuff like that. Um, that I've always said to people as well, you know, those people that give you all the, all the stuff about, Oh, it's going to be shit. You're never going to sleep again. You, do you know what? Fuck those people. Cause it's, they're the, they're the sort of doom merchants, aren't they? Oh yeah. You can't. It was me this. at the start, wasn't it, Buzz? Well, no, 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 no. You, you were at least sort of doing it from a point of view where you're looking after your own kids, but there's people that come up to you and go, Mike, listen, here's one thing you never do as a, as a parent, never leave them on their own. Cause they'll get taken by pedophiles. <laughs> There's loads of people that just like, you know give you that warning, like you, you like you don't fucking know that. So bizarre. I was I was going to leave her out on the garden for the night. Do you know what I mean? It's that, like fresh yeah. air is good for her and all yeah. that. Yeah, she's she's taking up hiking at the age of four. Yeah, you you will get loads of people who will just go like, oh, it's shit. And, and do you know what? The, 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 everyone knows that. Do you know what I mean? That is the worst piece of advice. Somebody coming up and saying, oh, you're not going to get much sleep at the start of all that. Yeah, we know. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It was like, it, it's going to be shit. Do you know what I mean? And I was like going up to someone at a funeral and going, oh, you're going to be upset for quite a few weeks. Might <laughs> even turn into months. You're going to feel very lonely. It's like, well, fuck it. Yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> you know, that's not advice. <laughs> the best advice I could genuinely give, and it's taken to the end of this podcast to come up with some genuine advice. Okay. I mentioned it briefly before, but. If you are about to have a kid or you've just had a kid, you will, because that kid is just the center of your universe, you will think that every single decision you make is important and is going to change that kid's life for the better or the worse. It's not. Yes. All right? <laughs> You'll find your way, won't you? You'll find a way of making your kids survive. And there are billion, you know, millions of billions of kids coming along soon. And it, 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 just on the back of that one, just before we finish, is if somebody does come to you when your child is very, very small and say, oh, you shouldn't be picking your child up at that time of night, you should be doing this, it's like, it's like hand them the child, go to bed and say, right, you fucking bring it up. <laughs> and on that bombshell. That's where we'll leave it for another week. So thanks for tuning in to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. Listen, if you got any value from that, um, be it a smile, be it relating to something, or be it a tiny little bit of advice that sneaks in at the end, then please let us know and buy us a pint at buymeacoffee.com slash mildlypod. Um, that's it for this week. Thanks again, Baz, um, for being here. As always. Thank you, sir. And um, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Ta-da. Bye. Mike. Yeah? Do you think anyone's still listening? I don't know. Probably not. If they are, where can they find us? Thanks for asking, Baz. That's a great question. The best way to find us is to go to the website at daddancer.co.uk forward slash podcast, and the links to everything are there.